Hello, this is Brian Scuttle with Sonic Cinema, one of the filmmakers I had a chance to interview for Fantasia Fest was director Cody Callahan, and his film The Oak Room, which is playing at the fest, is an interesting use of storytelling to define character more than tell a straightforward narrative, and I hope you enjoy our discussion. So before we start talking about the Oak Room, uh, where what inspired you to uh, become a filmmaker? <laughs> Holy shit! Big <laughs> questions first, okay. Um, I, I I guess I mean I grew up in a in a, like a really small town um, outside of uh, Kingston, Ontario, and there's wasn't much to do besides sort of play outside and, and, and watch movies. So I kind of grew up um, addicted to like renting VHS from like the local uh, convenience store. Mm. And I don't know, I just, I always had a fascination with it. Um, there was no real moment. It was just sort of something that I loved to do and did it as a kid and kind of went to university and sort of followed the like, think I'm supposed to go to university for it and then I think I'm supposed to get a job and then I think I'm supposed to so kind of it's a slow process but I think I sort of just fell into doing it and now here we are okay uh were there any particular filmmakers that inspired you uh as you uh started to develop your personal style or participate uh interest in uh, the types of stories you wanted to tell I feel like, yeah, it's 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 such a, a interesting question because I kind of feel like it changes with mm -hmm. like each project. I sort of find uh, find directors that I you know love just for certain projects at the time. But I've also I've always been sort of into like you know P.T. Anderson, Darren Aronofsky, and even like Harmony Corinne at times. Um, and like for the Oak Room, you know, with a lot of old some of uh quentin tarantino's first stuff and david mamet and and stuff like that so i think it's kind of i get inspired by different directors for for different projects okay um well let's let's go ahead and uh start in on the oak room what what was what led you to uh choose this uh this project to work on um so it used to be, um, or it, it originated as a play, mm -hmm. and Ari Millen, who plays Michael um, in the film, also played Michael in the play, and I think it premiered at the Fringe Festival in Toronto in 2013, and right after that, I remember Ari called me, and he was like, this would make such a such a great movie, and at that time, I, had, I think I had just finished uh, Andy Social, which was my first film as a director, and the idea of adapting the play just seemed a daunting task so um the, the conversation quickly ended but a few few years later he uh he sent me the the play and just was like you just got to take time and read this and, and trust me and i and i did i was sort of i was captivated by the stage play um and i met with the writer peter genoway and ari and and chad archibald the the producer and uh we we all sat down and sort of talked about what it would look like as a movie and the, the exciting part is it was about adding and tweaking a few things but we we sort of decided 
pretty quick that we would keep true to the dialogue and keep true to the to how the plays sort of played out and and keep true to the stage stage play, um, which was exciting within itself and and, and a challenge obviously. But uh, yeah, it was it was a reading the original screenplay or the stage play. Um, we didn't change much, so it was mm-hmm. it was obvious right away. It was something I wanted to do. Well, and one of the things that I really am interested about when it comes to this movie, and one of the things that really, uh, really intrigued me was the idea that the 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 idea of these characters telling these stories is is less about necessarily moving a plot forward as revealing the characters, not only who are telling the stories but also who are listening to the stories, and I I was really like what what were there any particular challenges because of the fact that this is such a closed setting uh in terms of making this a uh, compelling movie um yeah i mean uh, beyond the challenges that every film has um it was definitely um interesting cuz obviously the entire movie is leading up to the end of, of the story that Steve's that RJ Mitty Steve is, is telling. Mm-hmm. And so the, the sort of the climax of, of how that story ends. Um, I knew I just like, if I could get an audience at that point, then, you know, that, that last sort of 10 minutes of the, the, the showdown between the two of them, the verbal showdown between the two of them. Um, I, I, I'd sort of, I'd have them. So it was about, getting to that one scene and we sort of approached um, each sort of section before it kind of cuts away to either the, the car approaching or it cuts away to the, um, to the story in the Oak room. We sort of approached, uh, approached each section as like kind of like a short film mm-hmm. and made sure that it's within itself. It had sort of a beginning, a middle and an end so that just as it's sort of like, the audience kind of starts to say, okay, where is this going? We're, boom, we, we cut something else and we start a new story, you know, from A, B, and C. So I think the challenge was sort of, attack, rather than attacking the movie as a whole, mm-hmm. um, we first started to attack each scene as like sort of a short film and then sort of piece them together, kind of like an anthology. Okay. Uh, what was, were there any particular uh, technical challenges as far as making the movie that you found? Um, yeah, for sure. Like originally, because it was such a sort of raw story, I wanted to shoot in, in real bars and in real places. And, you know, we scouted for a long time, but just the challenges on the, on the budget we had of actually like closing down a bar, um, and, you know, and just logistically fitting a camera in, in a bar that looks great to the eye. It's like, as soon as you get a camera and a crew in there, you don't, you don't have any room. So, Mm -hmm. We scouted everywhere around on, you know, southern Ontario and, and, you know, from Kingston to Hamilton to up to Guelph and around there. And we found some great options, but nothing, nothing clicked. So we decided we had to, um, we had to build the bars. And it's actually the, the set is, it's just one set that, that gets redressed. Um, so, that, I mean, it was, a, it was a challenge of designing a set that was small enough that it felt isolated and contained but big enough that we could shoot in because we also didn't want to make something where we could move walls because we wanted mm-hmm. to put a roof on it 
so that when the talent was there, they felt like they were legitimately in a, in a, in a small town bar. Um, so that, I mean, that was the, the first challenge was definitely the set. Second one was such a simple story. Um, the first instinct that me and Jeff Mahar, the DOP had was to, well, the camera's got to be a character in itself and, and it's got to propel the story. And so we, you know, we did a bunch of tests of how the camera would move around these, these actors, but we realized that the more the camera moved, the more it took away from the actors and the dialogue, which is what really drives the film. So mm-hmm. we ended up really stripping it, stripping it down. And it, uh, it's probably one of the, the more simple um, shot lists and camera moves from some of the other films that I've done with Jeff. But uh, in the simplicity, there's obviously challenges of, you know, how slow to move the camera so the audience can't see it moving and when to move the camera and when not to. So, um, it was it was interesting, but I would say yeah, those were probably the the big challenges because it's such a unique story and and it's very different from anything that I've directed. So was, there any... the whole thing was a challenge, but, but yeah. those two things were stood out. Yeah, and I definitely I definitely see when you were uh, talking about Tarantino and uh, Mamet earlier as being particularly in, inspiring for for this film in in particular. I mean, you you definitely need. I I think the the importance of the dialogue and because of the fact that it's it's more dialogue than action that drives the story that that's that's where this movie really is going to uh is is going to um rise or fall with were there any particular works of theirs that you drew particular inspiration from um, not necessarily particular films, but just sort of in general how, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino sometimes relies on these, you know, obviously he's extremely talented actors, but his dialogue is sort of this, this dance between the actors and the, and the words and how they're said and how they sound and how two actors sort of, you know, put together sentences back and forth. So I sort of, you know, the, uh, obviously Peter Genoway has, you know, takes most of the, the, the accolades here of, uh, of the writing just because it was such a good, it's such a great script and it jumped off the page. But mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, watched a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies and, and David Mamet and stuff just to sort of get into the mindset of, okay, like, you know, how, where does the camera go? How is he covering these scenes? Um, how should I sort of approach the actors within the scene. So there's not like a film that I was like, oh, I want it to look or feel like mm-hmm. this film of theirs. It was sort of just, just them as directors in general. Yeah. No, and I and I I have to say it's like I'm I'm always I I'm always a bit I always find myself being a bit partial when it comes to movies that take place in the snow for one way or another. And I, I really like the, the cutaways that you have in terms of the, the car driving and the, the snowfall and stuff. And I, I really, that adds so much atmosphere, just those brief cutaways to, to the film in general. Um, they, it really, I, I feel like it adds something to the, the pending thread that we're, we have built up in us as we're watching this film. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's also that um, there's that whole sort of trick of kind of when you're going to make a film, 
that's so isolated and that that it is two locations, but you know, let's be honest, they're both bars. They mm-hmm. do look a little different, but they're still sort of the same same vibe and, and and feel. So it's about getting outside those bars and getting sort of as as wide and, and really moving the camera and, and speed of the shots to just sort of let the audience eyeballs rest mm-hmm. and also to show that it's like, you know, we're not in these bars with two characters because we didn't have the money. That's what the story is and, and making sure that nobody gets taken yeah. you know, taken away from the ride because they dwell on little things like that. So it was really important that all the cutaways have a, a vastness to them and, and that's why we, uh, me and Jeff, chose to shoot the whole thing um, anamorphic just to give it even more of that cinematic experience so when you're in the bar, you're it's quite wide and you you know you can capture more of the of the set mm-hmm. okay uh well thank you very much for your time today it was really good to uh talk to you